Welcome to Uncovered, the podcast series that goes behind the headlines to give you an in-depth look at the stories that matter. I'm Kelly Crichton, and on each episode of Uncovered, I'm joined by the National World reporters who are working to bring information to light and hold those in power accountable. We reveal the journalistic work that goes into the team's investigations and highlight some important stories we think you need to know about, but have gone uncovered in the wider media. Today, I'm joined by Harriet Cluxton, Data and Investigations Editor with National World, to talk about her work covering the impact new legislation will have when voters are required to present ID at polling stations this year. Under these new rules, voters across England, Scotland and Wales will need to present photo ID from a list of approved forms, including but not limited to passports, driving licences or 60 plus Oyster cards. Expired ID will be accepted, although councils are warning photos must still be a true likeness to the individual. These new rules will come into effect starting with the local authority elections on the 4th of May this year. Hi Harriet, take us back to how this all came about please. Hi Kelly, um, this has been something that's been in the works for a few years now. The Tories first promised it in their election manifesto that they would bring some form of ID in, although not necessarily photo ID. That had followed a 2016 report from their anti-corruption champion, Lord Pickles, which recommended that we needed some kind of ID system amid concerns that the electoral system was all trust-based at the minute and not secure enough. Mm -hmm. And the Electoral Commission, which is the independent body that oversees elections in the UK, has also been recommending some kind of ID since about 2014. Mm-hmm. So the government accepted um, the recommendations and after running a couple of pilot schemes in a handful of areas in 2018 and 2019, mm-hmm. they then put a pledge to bring in photo ID in the Queen's speech in 2021 and then finally introduced the elections bill to Parliament in summer 2021, which then passed and became law just last April. Mm-hmm. So there was some research by the Cabinet Office that was published in 2021 around this issue, which threw up some concerning information, particularly around how certain groups will be more negatively impacted than others. Please talk us through what that survey found. Yes, so this was a research that the Cabinet Office commissioned just before it pushed forwards with the elections bill in 2021, which just sought to find out what proportion of the population has one of the types of ID that they'll, will be accepted um, and what groups of society had low levels of ID ownership. Mm-hmm. Now, overall, this found that only 2% of the population didn't have any of the photo IDs. Mm -hmm. But that would still translate to somewhere in the region of between 770,000 and 1.3 million people, depending Mm -hmm. on rounding. But importantly, the researchers also asked whether people thought they could still be recognised from the picture ID. Because as you say, it's polling staff come election day are going to have to make a judgment on whether the ID looks like you. Mm-hmm. And this time, 4% of the population said they didn't have recognisable photo ID. So that is anywhere from 1.8 to 2.3 million people there. Mm. But when you come to drill down into the different groups of people, there are some really massive disparities. Okay. So if you look at um, disabled people, 3% have no ID compared to 2% of non-disabled people. Mm-hmm. And then for people with a severe disability, it rises to 5%. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly how many eligible um, disabled voters there are in um, Britain, but Mm -hmm. based on some recent ONS data, we can sort of deduce that just one extra percentage point there is somewhere in the region of 100,000 extra disabled voters who don't have ID. Um, And in terms of the recognisable ID, 6% of disabled people and 7% of severely disabled people don't have any compared to 3% of non-disabled people. 
Okay. Now, um, another group with really low ID ownership was unemployed people. Okay. So 8, 8% of those had no photo ID compared to just 1% of full-time employees. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of recognizable ID, 11% of unemployed people had none versus 2% of full-time employees. And that also maps onto qualifications. So essentially people with a university degree, 0% of those have got no ID, mm-hmm. um, but it's 6% of people with no qualifications at all. And um, interestingly as well, 6% of gay and lesbian voters said they didn't have recognisable ID, which Mm -hmm. is twice the rate for straight people. It is just important to stress here that people who don't have the required ID will be able to apply for a free voter certificate from their local council. Mm -hmm. However, the researchers also asked people without ID how likely they would be to actually do that. And 32% said very unlikely and 10% said unlikely. Mm. Um, We have actually asked the government if it knows which groups of people were more likely to say this than others, but we haven't got that data yet. Okay, there's some concerning figures there. So the Electoral Commission data shows that there were only three convictions for voter fraud between 2015 and 2020 and six cautions. The highest number of accusations of fraud was in 2016 when there were 44 cases. So just why is the government bringing in these regulations? There doesn't seem to be a massive problem with voter fraud. Yeah, well, the government says that any voter fraud is still voter fraud and that it's important to ensure the integrity of elections mm-hmm. and also just to increase voters' confidence in the voting system, you know, if they if they know that it's difficult to commit fraud. Mm. However, I would say that previous research by the Electoral Commission has found that voters are more likely to be worried about other things than they are voter fraud. Um, For instance, media bias, low turnout and sort of inadequate regulation of how much money political parties are spending on their campaigns. They're they're much more concerned about all those issues than they are voter fraud. And yeah, what the the critics argue is that there really isn't a significant problem with voter personalization, Mm -hmm. personation, sorry, that's the the, the crime of of committing voter fraud Mm -hmm. in the UK. And there's certainly not enough of a problem to risk legitimate voters losing their vote with sort of changes to address it. The Electoral Reform Society campaign group actually describes the problem as vanishingly rare. Mm -hmm. And they said that the introduction of a photo ID process feels very much like a solution looking for a problem. Mm. And um, yeah, as you say, there were only 44 allegations of voter personation in 2016. That was a year, of course, in which 33.6 million votes were cast in the UK's Brexit referendum Mm. and another like over 10 million in local and regional elections in England, Wales and Scotland. So the scale compared to that is is pretty tiny. Mm -hmm. I spoke with Jess Garland, the Director of Policy and Research at the Electoral Reform Society, to get their take on things. So what we can see from the statistics and and from past research is that personation fraud, which is the type of fraud that voter ID is supposed to solve, is is vanishingly rare. So in 2019, we had two elections, including a general election, and only there was only one conviction for personation fraud in in that year. And similarly in other years, the numbers really are quite low. It's not a widespread problem in the UK. And so the introduction of a voter ID process feels very much to us like a solution looking for a problem. Um, so what do you envision is actually going to going to happen in May? Do you think we're going to have a situation where voters are turning up expecting to vote and then being surprised to find themselves turned away because they just don't know they needed this ID? I think there's a big risk that people will turn up without ID, either because they've forgotten their ID, don't have the right type of ID on them, or they simply didn't know about the new rules. And of course, that is... Uh, 
devastating if we see people who should be voting who are then not able to vote. But it also puts a lot of pressure on the people working in the polling stations who are then going to have to explain to people that they're not allowed to vote because they haven't got the right form of ID. And then we are really concerned that the impact of that is then people start to lose faith in the actual outcome of the election itself. And that is a huge thing to risk when people at the moment, without the ID proposals, have a lot of confidence in our electoral system in in the process for voting on the day. There were a very limited number of pilots in previous years across local councils. And and in that small number of local councils, there were thousands turned away. And so if we were to see a similar thing on the national scale, that would be lots and lots of voters turned away from the polls. Even one voter not being able to cast their vote when they legitimately should be able to is is a problem. But yes, we could potentially see many more people going on what we know from from the pilots that the government ran. And of course, there was a limited number of councils that did those pilots. Those areas weren't necessarily representative of the whole UK. So it's very difficult to get a full idea of how bad it could be. But yes, certainly there's a lot of people who could be turned away from their vote. So you mentioned the Electoral Commission there. What has been their role in this? Well, their main job now is basically running a massive awareness campaign to educate voters okay. about the change and encourage them to sign up for the free form of ID um, that's on offer if they mm-hmm. need one. And that will be a massive, massive task to do. Um, as I say, the government ran a couple of pilots a few years ago um, where voters in some areas had to bring ID to vote. And the results in both of those pilots showed around 15% of people weren't aware that they needed ID. So they'd clearly not been reached by a local awareness campaign. Mm -hmm. And earlier this month, a poll commissioned by Byline Times found that only a third of voters are currently aware that they will need to have photo ID to vote from now on. Mm -hmm. Although not every area of the country is having elections, so they might not be equally targeted right now in awareness campaigns. Mm -hmm. Um, We haven't seen the data behind that poll, but it was carried out by Omnisys, which is a member of the British Polling Council, so a legitimate pollster. Okay, And what about local authorities? How have they responded to this change? Well, yeah, councils have got a lot to do to get ready for this change. They've got to train the staff Mm -hmm. and the volunteers that run the polling booths. And actually, they say that they're going to need to make sure that they recruit people who are comfortable turning people away, which is probably going to be quite, you know, an uncomfortable situation, which is going to make recruitment harder, which is already difficult for Mm. them because of low pay. They'll also need to introduce new IT systems and run sort of tailored local awareness campaigns. And then, of course, they're the ones that are going to be running this free form of voter ID that people can apply for, which will be known as the Voter Authority Certificate. Mm. Now, one problem is that while the main elections bill became law in April, the sort of detailed um, secondary legislation, which described how this process for applying for certificates was going to work, that was only introduced to Parliament in November and passed in Parliament on the 12th of December, so just over a month ago. Mm-hmm. And local elections in England are now just over three months away. Yes. So the um, Association of Electoral Administrators has stressed that there's got to be sufficient lead in time for all of this to get done. It's a huge, massive admin task. And in December, actually, a day before Parliament approved the detailed rules, the local government association came out and said that it was concerned that there really was insufficient time to do this before May. And they've asked the government to delay it. Okay, watch the space. So we spoke a little bit earlier about who will be most impacted by this change. Can you talk to us a bit more about that and to what extent they will be impacted? 
I think one of the problems is that we don't really know. Yeah. As I said earlier, the, the government ran these pilot schemes in a couple of select areas, well, a few select areas, and um, voters had to bring various forms of ID. Some it was photo ID, some they were trialing non-photo IDs like your council tax or your pollen card. Mm. Then the results were monitored to see the impact it had. But, well, both the Electoral Commission and the government said those went well and only a small number of people couldn't vote. Mm-hmm. However, the Electoral Commission does say that those councils weren't representative of Great Britain as a whole. So it's difficult to sort of mm. extrapolate those results and see what the impact would be at a national scale. Mm-hmm. And it also warned that they didn't collect any information on how different demographics were impacted by that. Um, overall, though, across those councils involved in the pilots, somewhere between 0.3% and 0.7% of all voters didn't vote because they didn't have ID and were turned away and then never came back later with some ID. Uh, And at a national scale, if it was representative, that would translate to around 46,000 or up to 324,000 voters across Britain being turned away. Some people who are really worried are disability charities. Mm. So they think that there could be a disproportionate negative impact on disabled people uh, who are already much less likely to vote than the general population. And they want to make sure that both the public awareness campaign and the actual process of applying for a free certificate are accessible. And I should just add as well, the Equality and Human Rights Commission has had serious misgivings about the uh, effect that voter ID will have on voters with protected characteristics like disability or or sexuality. Mm -hmm. And they were quite critical of the government's pilot schemes because they said the government hadn't done enough to meet its public sector quality duty by analysing the impact that it would have on different groups of people. A poll conducted recently by the charities Stonewall and the LGBT Foundation also found nearly a quarter of trans people do not have usable ID. Mm-hmm. Now, trans people have described problems like getting their ID accepted because they no longer look like the person pictured following their transition. And while some of them as well, such as those living in rural or, or small communities, they actually said that they'd be afraid to show their photo ID, which contains their birth sex at polling stations, because they fear that it will out them as trans in their small communities. Here's Jess Garland on the Electoral Reform Society's fears and the different paths they think the government could have taken. Yeah, we have huge concerns that this policy is going to affect some groups more than others, affect them much worse because they are less likely to have the types of ID that the government's asking for. And we know from the research that it could be um, low income voters. And you can see why, because many of these types of ID come with um, a cost attached to them, things like passports and driving licenses. Lots of people don't have those forms of photographic ID. So we do know that low income voters are less likely to have those types of ID. There are other groups right across society who are less likely than others to have the right ID. And in some cases, the stats are really high. For instance, for trans voters, Stonewall's survey found that 24%, nearly a quarter of trans voters say that they couldn't get their hands on those types of IDs. So it's really troubling that when it comes to people voting, we could see some huge inequalities across society in, in who's able to access their vote. We really think that the government's putting attention on completely the wrong areas. You know, lots of people aren't registered and it's not equally spread across society. So people who rent their home rather than own it are less likely to be on the electoral register. So there's already these barriers to to people accessing their vote. And I think it's absolutely wrong for the government to be putting up another barrier when they should really be addressing issues to do with turnout and registration. We want to see much more people getting, getting access to their vote. 
during the passage of the legislation, we we argued that there really should be alternatives for people on the day so that if you do turn up and you don't have ID, you could, for instance, have someone vouch for you to vouch for your identity, or you could do a provisional ballot. And these sorts of mechanisms are in place in the US, even in some of the most strict photo ID states. So that would be one way of giving voters another option on the day. And another thing we said was, why not just expand the list of IDs that would be acceptable, things that you are more likely to be carrying with you on the day, and obviously more options for people who might not be able to get their hands on on the photographic ID. Unfortunately, the government did not take these proposals up. um, So we have ended up with a scheme that is pretty strict and, and pretty restrictive. So have you had any response from the government on this? Yeah, we approached the um, Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities for a response. And a spokesperson said, we cannot be complacent when it comes to ensuring our democracy remains secure. Everyone eligible to vote will have the opportunity to do so. And 98% of electors already have an accepted form of identification. Photo ID has been used in Northern Ireland elections since 2003, and we're working closely with the sector to support the rollout and funding the necessary equipment and staffing. And they also point out that the introduction of photo ID is backed by a number of international election observers. Mm-hmm. So for anybody listening who doesn't have photo ID or maybe knows somebody who doesn't have ID, what can they do about it at this stage? Well, the first step is always um, you've got to to make sure you're registered to vote. Mm-hmm. So that means uh, joining the electoral register. You can do that by going to www.gov.uk slash register to vote. You can do that online or download a paper form and deliver that to your local electoral registration office. And if you have moved house recently you or since the last time you voted, you should make sure that's up to date or that you re-register. Mm-hmm. And for people without photo ID, when you register right now, you're, you're now being asked if you've got a form of photo ID. And if you don't, you're asked if you want to apply for a certificate. Mm-hmm. So that happens online as well. If you Google gov.uk and apply for voter authority certificate, you'll find your way to the right page to make that application. What you'll need to give is your name, address, date of birth, national insurance number, if you've got one, and a passport style photo. Now, importantly, you won't need to provide your gender and the certificate will not state your gender. And um, if you vote by post as well, you won't need photo ID and you won't need a certificate. So there's nothing to worry about there. And the Electoral Commission also has a helpline that you can contact with any questions on Mm -hmm. 0800 328 0280. Thank you for joining me today, Harriet. You can find a series of articles around this story as well as video content on nationalworld.com. You will also find us on social media at National World. I'll be back again soon with more analysis of the stories that matter.